0: Welcome to Coinology, the podcast. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome, guys, to another episode of Coinology. I am here today with none other than Marquel Russell. Thank you so much, Marquel. Thank you for being here today. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, you know, I've been hearing about you for a number of years. I think you and I even had a few conversations prior to the pandemic, yep. and I've been watching you. You've, you're, you are a beast. Thank you. Um, and so I'm de- definitely honored to have you here today. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, I, I mean, everyone, I think, knows a, a little bit about Markwell, and I think the piece that they know is that you are considered the go-to guy for lead generating, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so basically, um, when it – it's kind of a hard. It was a it was a long, tough road, right? So I have always been an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and I jumped out in the streets early. So that was my first entrepreneurial endeavors.
0: Okay, in the streets
1: selling drugs. and okay. that was kind of my path early on. Okay, and then I got introduced to network marketing, so legitimate type of businesses. Okay, and I didn't really know how to grow it. Like they tell you to go get a home, go do home parties, do home meetings, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But um, they don't really tell you how to market and attract people to you. Mm-hmm. And I did that in the club promotions world, but it was like hustle, go out, pass mm-hmm. out flyers, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And in the streets, of course, you're out giving out samples and you kind of mm-hmm. doing your own thing there. But it's like, okay, how do you take people who are complete strangers, they find you on this Internet thing, and they pay you money. So I was obsessed with, like, how to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And when I started learning it, it wasn't nobody black really teaching it. It was mm-hmm. only, like, older white guys. Like, all the guys who we studied, like, older white guys. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man. Number one, I can learn this from me and our company. Mm-hmm. But if I can learn this, break it down, synthesize it, and then teach it to our people as well, what could that do for our community, community as a whole?
0: And, and being able to actually make some money at this thing, 100%. right? No longer looking at things as mom and pop. I want to talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes, but let's go back. Okay. Okay? You said something very interesting, right? You started out in the streets. Where are you from? I'm from here. I'm from Atlanta. Okay, what part of Atlanta? So
1: I actually, so it's interesting. I had I an had uh, opportunity to literally be on every side. So I, I went from Bankhead, Martin Luther King, Hamilton Road. I've also been like out a little bit from here, so like closer to Six Flags, mm-hmm. um, the east side a little bit. College Park So mm-hmm. I've been able to like Hit all around the city mm-hmm. To kind of navigate So you
0: that. are true True So that, that What was the girl That said something about You're not Atlanta if Right 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 You yeah. know what was her name again um, Amaretta Amaretta yeah, right yeah. Sound like a margarita Amaretta yeah. Okay so Do you rec- Do you recognize What she's talking about In that song You think You know what you think I get it
1: But it's She's younger, though, right? Uh Uh-huh. So it's it's more so recently people start saying, like, all right, I'm here, I'm here. But it's like some people say, okay, I'm from Southside Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So that's College Park. So I don't think that technically, because it's people who live in College Park who she kind of categorized not from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. But then you also say "Um, you got to be from Grady. So it's like people who lived in College Park, who live in College, from, grew up in College Park, but they were born in Grady. So Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like... So are they not Atlanta now? Cause if they were born in Grady, but
0: but does it even yeah. matter? But it's even matter, right? I think it was a cute um, marketing ploy. I, I think, think you probably great. know that, right? Because I, I would, I don't even think neither one of us would know who she is or even having the conversation nope. had she not done that. So was that was brilliant, right? right? Brilliant. It's brilliant, and you know, so we're going to talk a little bit back on the streets. One of the things I've always said is that I think some of the most brilliant minds started on the street, Mm -hmm. and many are in prison right now and never saw their full potential, Correct, right? Um, Because I personally believe in order to create, manage, market, and maintain an enterprise, even if it's illegal, Mm -hmm. you have to still know the mechanics of business. For sure. Right? Um, So how did you decide that wasn't for me? So it was really the exposure, right? Mm -hmm. So it was the
1: exposure, and then I realized that, because I always wanted to do something different. So Mm -hmm. even when I was in the streets, it was interesting. So when I was in ninth or 10th grade, I started Mm -hmm. an entertainment company. So doing, because I knew people who rapped. I knew people who did beats. So I started, but I didn't do either, and Mm -hmm. I never wanted to be famous. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I can take these two. I can start a label. And then I can just push it because I had to hustle. I can get out and talk and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, right? I I can talk when necessary. So I put that together. When I was 19, I didn't really know what I was doing. But I also, at school, you know, some people are known to be like, they play sports or Mm -hmm. they're Mm your or... I was the guy who had the weed. So everybody knew they needed needed the weed to to come to me, right? (laughs) So I I knew everybody. I Mm -hmm. knew people who were considered popular. I knew people who were considered street. I knew people who were considered, like, lame or Mm -hmm. whatever. So I kind of navigated all the different circles, Mm -hmm. right, which was beneficial. So I went full-time in the streets, dropped out of high school in 10th grade, jumped out in the streets. Because I was like, none of this ain't really making sense to me. Back
0: no up, more. dropped out in tenth grade. Yeah. I want y'all to hear this.
1: Yeah. Tenth so, grade. So I dropped out in tenth grade. Uh huh. Um, I had a, so I got a ninth grade education. I got a GED. Which okay. I, so so long story short, because mm-hmm. at this point I was doing algebra two, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I ain't really. I wanted to be a millionaire ever since I was a child, but I never. I was like, okay, here's how you do it. You go to the NBA, or NFL. Like mm-hmm. nobody ain't really talking about how to build businesses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So. When I got to this point, and I'm like, okay, I don't see how Algebra 2 is going to get me to where I want to be. like
0: mm-hmm.
1: Solving for X and all that, none of mm-hmm. that stuff makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I just stopped going. And I, I was making more money than a lot of my teachers. So I was like, this ain't really making sense to me no more. So I stopped going, went to the streets. I'm um, full-time at this point. Mm-hmm. And I end up going back and forth to jail. That's kind of come with that life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when I was 19, I actually, 19 was an interesting year for me. Fun fact, we talked about fun facts earlier. Mm-hmm. 19, I was born, I was not born, I was, my birthday was, my 19th birthday, I was in jail, and I had my first son Wow. while I was 19 in jail. The first time I met my first son was in visitation.
0: Let me say something that you just said that I think it was important. You had a fire in you as a kid. Right. You knew it was something else. Yeah. But exposure. Yeah. We lacked exposure. And because we lacked exposure, you only did what you knew to do. It was either sports or drugs. Or get a job. Or get a job, right? And most people say, okay, I can flip burgers at McDonald's and I'm never going to make the type of money that Marquel was making on the corner. So that's why a lot of the kids decide Mm -hmm. the latter. Um, And so, again, I want to stress that because there's so many brilliant They just never, like I was talking to someone a couple of um, weeks ago, there was no one doing what I do now growing up. So if somebody were to ask me, did I always know I was going to do this? I could not say truthfully yes, because I didn't know this existed. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it. It required me to get out of the environment that I was in to have exposure, but again, brilliant right because where you sit right now we're going to get to where you are right now could have been extinguished yep. at 17 and 18 no one would have known the brilliant mind of marquel if life didn't push you into a different direction right mm-hmm. so you became a father at 19 father 19 okay and you were in prison at that well, in jail that time jail, yeah, yeah. okay so it's a difference between jail and That's prison a big difference, a big difference. Yeah. but i heard the jails in the metro Atlanta area ain't nothing to play with. No, nah, for sure. I heard, what it was is it, DeKalb or Gwinnett? One of them they say is no joke. Yeah,
1: on Rice Street. Like, all Which of them one no is joke. it? I mean, no... I mean, you technically go back into slavery. So I, so a lot of people in the city, mm-hmm. I, like a lot of, especially like younger cats, they argue about, oh, I was on Rice Street or I was in Clayton County. And you're like, oh, you was in Clayton County. You went on Rice Street. It's like, bro, you were in jail.
0: I heard Gwinnett is no joke. Yeah, it's like
1: none of them are no joke. It's I like heard. You, you, you got to be in a door mm-hmm. at a certain time. You eat what they give you. You you can dress a certain way. Like, none of it is no joke.
0: So, when you were 19, did you think this was just going to be my life?
1: So when I was, so I, so I always knew I was going to, so even when I was, so I, so I I got out of jail when I was at 19 mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I'm going to do this job thing because I got a son. So I'm mm-hmm. like, let me get two jobs. Mm-hmm. So one of the jobs that I got was, I didn't get two, but I ended up getting a job back right here on Bankhead at Petro. That's okay. I get, you get off right there and I was changing oil and tires mm-hmm. on 18 wheelers. I did that for like two or three weeks, but I was covering in oil every day. Mm-hmm. So I went back into the streets and I was like, I'm going to take this money and I'm going to go all in with this record label thing. Okay. So I ran some money up. I bought a, um, I rented a hair salon. It was like a storefront, and we stripped it all out, and we turned it into a studio. And I had one of my homies bring all his equipment up there, and they just ran, we ran mm-hmm. the studio there, right? So I knew it was going to be something, and I was like, you know where I'm from? It's like you get money and you go into the music world, mm-hmm. and the rap. Mm-hmm. And do, so that was going to mm-hmm. be, that was my play, because mm-hmm. I ain't really know no better. But then, of course, ran, ran into some other opportunities by just getting into motion. Does that make
0: sense? Exposure. Yeah. Again, exposure. Somebody saw something in you. For sure. Yeah. So, so, okay, so we get past that. You you open up the so again, serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You knew it was something else out there for you. Yeah. But the exposure. Yeah. You still, you know, we lacked exposure. Okay, so we open up the beauty salon. And then how do you get into network marketing? What happened there?
1: So I was actually in the club one night. Mm-hmm. So I was, I had been out running around all day. One of my homies was doing an album release party, and I told him I was gonna come through. But you mm-hmm. know, when you out all day, sometimes you get to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm gonna take it in. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? I told him I'm gonna come through. I wanna, you know, be a man of my word. Mm-hmm. So let me at least go through and show my face. Mm-hmm. So I went through, had some drinks, smoking, that kind of was my thing. Mm-hmm. And and then a guy, he thought I was somebody else. He thought I was one of my bros, actually. I knew his face. He knew my face. So he walks up to me. You know, they kicking it or whatever. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, man. We start talking. He was like, hey, how many people you know got a cell phone? And I was like, well, everybody I know got a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, what if every time they paid that bill, you got paid? And I was like, well, that'll be dope. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, we just linked up with this new opportunity. Uh, one of my mentors going to be in town this week. They're looking for some mm-hmm. other people to expand in the area. Um, So it might be a great opportunity. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, bet. And I ain't never been one to turn down an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, cool. So... Went to this meeting. Met him like a Wednesday. Me and one of my bros rolled out there. Saw the presentation, and they was like, "Hey, you can get to it, and they'll get to it, and they'll get to it, and they'll get to, it and they make millions of dollars driving fancy cars, sipping pina on the beaches of the world, <laughs> all this different type of stuff, right?" So I'm like, "Oh, right, I can easily get to, that, right? That's easy." Mm-hmm. And one of my bros was with me, so I'm like, "I already got one. I paid mm-hmm. half of his way to get in, half of my way to my boy, the whole way to get in." And it's, at this point, I didn't even have a bank account. So I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, y'all take cash? It's $500. you all take cash? And it was <laughs> like, well, no, you can't, we don't do cash. Right. You got to have a card. So they had mm-hmm. to show me, like, the prepaid card play and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got introduced to network marketing.
0: So how far did you go? To the top?
1: I mean, how far did you do? So when I first got in, everybody, all my homies were telling me they went in, they cool on it. Some of my homies who I used to be with every day stopped answering my phone call mm-hmm, after I showed mm-hmm.
0: them. I them can answer. imagine. You wanted one of the ones I would have been dodging. Yeah, for
1: sure. Uh-huh. So they went totally ghost on me, like my homies homies. Mm-hmm. And um, I almost quit, actually. My mom, God rest her soul, she was like my, I showed it to her, because she's always been a hustler. Mm-hmm. So I showed it to her and was like, you think about this, because it's for some game. Mm-hmm. She was going to peep it. So what you think? So she watched the video, hit me back, and she was like, well, if you market yourself, it can work. So I was locked in on it. I tried to get my my grandma on a security service that we were selling. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get her through. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I don't know. So I'm like, it was just 500. I ain't mm-hmm. tripping. I'll get that mm-hmm. back. So these guys who signed me up kept following up, trying mm-hmm. to help me. And I'm like, well, I'm from...
0: Okay. Nobody okay. don't help you. Yeah. But one thing you did see early on, and people need to see this now in business, friends and family, if you're building a business off of friends and family, you're going to starve. And you're in trouble. You're in trouble, right? 100%. So one of the things you saw very early on is you needed to pivot out of 100%. that, right? 100%. And so let me just ask you this. Did you Were you considered one of the leaders in, in that business eventually? Oh Yeah, for sure. And the reason why I bring that up is because successful people, they tend to rise to the top in everything they touch. It could be different industries and different things, but when you have a certain DNA, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. That's true. Right? So, again, so here we were, you were the guy in high school, mm-hmm. right? Then now you're the guy in network marketing, right? And now you, you, you pivot out of network marketing, and what was next?
1: So when I I went from network marketing and network marketing led me into the online world because I wanted to figure out how do I grow this business. And one of my team members sent me this link and she was like, this video was like, Mm -hmm. hey, here's how you build your network marketing business without doing home parties, without doing home meetings. The marketing was incredible. He was hitting all the pain points. I'm like, oh, this is good. Mm -hmm. So I watched four videos and then he was like, hey, buy this ebook, and I'll break it down even further. And it was $40. At this time, I had never bought none online before. I didn't even know this stuff exists. Mm-hmm. So I read the sales letter probably like 100 times. Mm-hmm. And I went and put some money on my prepaid card, went back and bought the book for $40. And then, you know, you get hit with all the upsells.
0: Stop. You believed. And in sure. you invested. For sure. How many, most of us lack belief mm-hmm. and we will not invest in ourselves. Right. So keep going. I just want to make sure I, I highlight that. For sure. 100%. Uh-huh.
1: So I did it. And then they had all the upsells. So I'm like, oh, I don't got enough of my card. So mm-hmm. I had to go load my card, do all that again. But anyway, I bought it. And it that introduced me to direct response marketing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like how to get leads, how to attract people, mm-hmm. how do you grow on an online. And I'm like, man, these white boys making all this money online. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and they're going the to show me The Grant Cardone, do... Tony yeah, Robbins. Crazy.
0: Crazy money.
1: Crazy money. And they're going to show me how to do it in a course or a few hundred dollars. Did you believe that? I
0: mean, I was like, I ain't got nothing to lose. So did, how did you know it wasn't a scam? I didn't. Because, you know, a lot of people want to always say network marketing is a scam. And I'm going to tell you, it's not. I'm not a network marketer, Mm -hmm. but I did put my head in the ring um, about a couple of years ago. And I was disappointed that I did not know about it before. I'm not doing it right now. But what I would say is that it's very smart for those like us who have the influence and also understand the dynamics for success because it is residual income that can continue to hit. Over and over, and I was like, "Damn, I wish I knew about yeah. this earlier, right?" Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people have been, our people have been fooled into thinking that things are scams because yeah. we don't understand it. For sure, the, I mean, the biggest thing that O'Markin
1: did for me was introduce me to personal development, mm-hmm. right? It, it introduced me to the Jim Rohns and the Les Browns, and you mentioned the Tony Robbins. So it's like just the personal growth and self development that introduced me to a whole new world, right? And I was obsessed with it, like the Miles Monroe's. And I'm like, these guys just think different. Ooh, they, I mean,
0: but let me ask you this. Let's be, let's be transparent about it. How did they respond to you? My people? So the Tony Robbins, the Grant Cardone's, the Les Brown. Because see, to me, you are very similar to them, but for today's age, you got the golds. Right. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop. Yep. How did they respond to you? Did they originally open arms, say, "Okay, we're going to give you the formula," or was it a difficult road?
1: Great question. So I was. So the cool thing is, like, I don't know how they would have responded in person, but like mm-hmm. since the stuff was online, they okay. didn't really know. They didn't know who was buying it anyway, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like you ever read the book "The Spook Who Sat by the Door"?
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I kind
1: of, I kind of have taken that approach okay. my whole career, no, without even realizing so it. So
0: let's expound on that a little bit for our yeah, listeners. Sure. So w- w- let's talk about the spook. The yeah. the so door. the spook
1: who sat by the door technically is um, the brother was like a game banger. I think it's from Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. And he basically, he got a job with the feds, basically. Mm-hmm. So he would so he was able to go in and learn the game. And then he was able to come back and teach his homies from the hood the game so they can kind of move how they needed to move. So the talent ten. The talent ten. You,
0: you learning and you're... Making sure to pull those behind you. For Keep sure. Going.
1: So I was learning the game and I mm-hmm. was like, man, if I can take this, because at first I was like, who's going to listen to me? Drop black, dropped out of high school, and all these cats. White. A typical
0: excuse a that typical people excuses. use mm-hmm. to con- to make themselves feel good about being a failure. For sure. Right? You, you had every reason to be able to use, you know, dropped out, mm-hmm. was in jail, yep. uh, teenage dad, yep. right? Former drug dealer. Mm-hmm. You didn't let any of those things stop you. Right. You became the spook yep. and sat by the door. Right. 100%. So keep going.
1: So yeah, that's my. Soul. So I started getting it and I started teaching it. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing that it's a whole world of people who have no idea what this is.
0: So you had friends that were like you mm-hmm. that still wanted. So because a lot of people have misperceptions to think that our black men are lazy. Right don't have any desire to learn, don't have a desire to want to work. And you're saying that you had a whole group of guys out there that was out there and they wanted to know, they was hungry for it.
1: So it wasn't my homies from where I come from. Okay. It was like just the people who was online trying to figure this stuff out.
0: Okay, so you had to take yourself out of that environment. Yeah, for sure. So like okay. my
1: all my homies... And these, like, my bros still. Like, mm-hmm. But it's like none of them really came into this world with me. Some of them kind of dabbled a little bit when, when I was doing network marketing. But I don't do business with really none of the people who I grew up with, like, in this particular business. Do
0: they understand?
1: Not really. A lot of people still think I do network marketing.
0: Really? You know what's funny, too, <laughs> is I, you know, God rest his soul, my brother. Um, I was trying to tell him this. He passed away back in 2019. But one of the things I continue to try to get him to do was to change his environment. And, you know, one thing I will tell you is that, you know, most African-American men are very much about, these are my homies. I rock with them from inception. to. And I was trying to explain to him, changing your environment could potentially save your life.
1: 100%.
0: Right? Um, Unfortunately, you know, that was not his situation. However, um, it's you, something triggered in you that said... I need to shift. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because I done
1: been like, so I I work with a lot of the young homies now who still out moving around. Mm -hmm. So I know from experience, like you can be in the club a hundred deep, but when you go in the courtroom, it's just you. It's just Ain't you. Ain't nobody there. Ain't nobody. Mm-hmm. When I when I was getting locked up, when nobody reaching out, like, making sure I had money on my books and checking mm-hmm. on my mom and mm-hmm. my son, like, it was me making sure. I, when nobody, like, coming down there, I wouldn't get no visitation from none of my homies and nothing mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Now I don't view them no different type of way, but that just. That's reality, right? That, that's just the game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I just had to realize that, and I knew that I wanted out. My dad wasn't around when I was growing up. So I didn't want my kids to have to come see me through a glass. Mm-hmm. I didn't want me to be like, all right, well, my dad wasn't around. I ain't learned how to be a dad. Mm-hmm. So I ain't going to be a dad. I was like, I want to figure this thing out because I don't want to set my son up, now sons, to be in a situation where they got to figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. Had to mm-hmm. At least not by choice. You know, some of them, they still want to go out and figure it out in their That's own. Right. Anyway. That's but, right. That's um, and right. Like, and to your point, you said a lot of people think our young black men are lazy. Mm-hmm. So I tell people all the time because I, I do a class every Thursday for youth entrepreneurs, and I work with a lot of what they call at risk youth right mm-hmm. and they out moving around but i always tell adults who look at the youth like that it's like they're not lazy we just haven't given them anything to put their energy into, mm-hmm. right? Because if they're on the block, like, you can't be lazy to be on the and block. And be on the no block run. all
0: day in right. the heat.
1: They robbing. Like, they robbing. They doing all this. You can't mm-hmm. be lazy. You mm-hmm. got to be strategic to make a lot of moves. Mm-hmm. We just haven't shown them anything productive to put it into. And they've seen so many of our generations fail. we telling them, go to school, get good grades, go to college. You know, go to college, get a job, work there 30, 40 years. They don't know nobody that play has worked for. Mm-hmm. So by them being brilliant, like you said, mm-hmm. they're like, that don't work. Let me go figure out another play. I see the music cats. Mm-hmm. They winning. Let me go that route. Or oh, I see the robbers going this route. Let me go that route. Because they see this is something that's produ- productive mm-hmm. in their mind, mm-hmm. but the people around them tell them to go get a job, it's like they—it's not productive. So
0: you think it's systematic? Or do you think we need to stop blaming the system and say, okay— what, what do you think? I think we got to
1: stop blaming the system, okay. and I think we got to take responsibility. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of cats be still talking about, man, we were slaves. Mm-hmm. We're doing this situation because we were slaves. It's like, all right, like, how long? It's two thousand twenty-two. How long? Yeah, right. yeah,
0: yeah. I do think that, um, systematically speaking, there are things that are in place to discourage, and for the ninety percent that are not part of the talented ten they can easily become distracted mm-hmm. right um and that's what they're banking on yep. is the distraction of it and the frustration mm-hmm. of life right mm-hmm. how did you not allow all the things that you had working against you not to frustrate you
1: because i had i had already taught, took losses at the highest level it's like mm-hmm. what do I, I always had the mindset of like what do i have to lose like mm-hmm. i i come from a world where it's like When I leave out every day, Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know if I'm coming home that day. Mm -hmm. I could end up in jail. Like, I'm in a crazy environment. So it's like, when I came into business, like, legit business, I was Mm -hmm. like, this is sweet. It's like, what's the worst thing that somebody can tell you? Mm -hmm. Like, people in network marketing, they was like, they're uncomfortable people telling them no, and... I'm like telling you no. I'm like so you telling me the worst thing that can happen is somebody tell me no. Mm-hmm. And if I can get mm-hmm. through enough of them I can make millions. Like I'm gonna kill this. Mm-hmm. It's like I mm-hmm. like I've been in hell at gunpoint. We've been in shootouts. We've been in crazy environments. So it's like legit business, like what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst? You lose all your money?
0: It, you know, the other part of it is, I think also the reason why most people can't stand to hear the word no is because they lack confidence in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And, and and most of us, all of us, are born with a lack of confidence. Confidence comes from experience and be building yourself up enough to know that you can do it. Where did your confidence come from?
1: Um, Where did my confidence come from? Probably, probably, I, if I was the first thing that came to my mind, I would probably say my mom.
0: Your mom, because yeah. I, I can see you, you would stand face-to-face with a Grant Cardone on a Tony Robbins and 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 clearly stand. For and, sure. And, and with all the confidence and say, we're equals at yeah. the table. Not even equals, like, because I, I think we have an advantage. <clears throat> okay. Because
1: a lot of these cats ain't went through what we've gone through. Right. So we have that advantage of what everything that we've gone through, and not taking away from nothing that they've done or what mm-hmm. they've built, but it's like. We, like a lot of these cats, and again, this ain't no excuse, but a lot of these cats started off 20 laps ahead of us.
0: Not a lot. Right. All of them. Yeah.
1: So for them, <laughs> for somebody to start, uh, if we're racing. Right. And you get 20 laps on me, mm-hmm. and then they tell me to go, and I still catch you up, and are we in the same game. It's like, hey, it's the playing field is level. So pl-
0: but let me ask you this. How do you feel about, I notice how some of them now are romanticizing the hood life. Mm-hmm. they're trying to relate because you know right now as you know all of the big dogs such as them are trying to um romanticize African American millennials because we right now the millennial African American community have disposable income 100% everybody knows that right, right. so that's what all of the white um uh speakers and um targets are going after they're going after our dollar so now they're trying to relate you know uh, maybe it's the vernacular maybe it's the way they dress maybe it's uh, their type of advertisement and this is natural for us because it's it's who we are Mm -hmm. but for them i see them trying to sometimes emulate and i don't know how i feel about that
1: they've always wanted to be us though so, like, you gotta think. Do you think of they
0: it. wanna be us or do they want to get our money? I
1: think both. I think they wanna pander us to get our money, just like they wanna get our votes. Mm-hmm. And they've always stolen our culture. So it's like, it most But do they
0: wanna be. Do they really want to, you know, be being us?
1: They want not, the benefits. The benefits. Not, not the other. It's kinda like he, I always tell kids, especially my kids, it's mm-hmm. like, you want the luxuries of being an adult without responsibility mm-hmm. so you want the luxury of being black without the responsibility mm-hmm. of being black right mm-hmm. so it's like how can i um pander to them to get this like to get my vote mm-hmm. right so it's like yeah we're gonna tell you this this isn't the 32 vote um so like for example i was chatting back and forth with a, a white guy earlier
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um he was like in the text he was like let me L e m m e. So I was talking to one of my team members. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you see, he said let me, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it was like, bro, and all this. You mm-hmm. get it, but it's like, it doesn't
0: piss you off. No, I don't. Uh, it's funny. It's funny to that, me. that gets me hot.
1: Nah, uh, it's funny to me.
0: Don't. I'm like you. <sighs> it's so it's funny. It's It's, it's okay. funny to me because I see it. Okay, so you know what it is. the mm-hmm, game, right? So mm-hmm. I can see
1: the game. So it's funny to me, mm-hmm. and it's it's more so funny because they don't think I realize it which makes it even funnier, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. I see it happening. So, like, I'm going to give you an example. So like, mm-hmm. I unsubscribe to Grant Cardone. You mentioned Grant Cardone. Mm-hmm. And I tell a lot of black people, I'm like, are we still doing business with this dude? Mm-hmm. Because this dude did a podcast Um, and he basically was like somebody, he was like, he got a lot of friends who are black Mm -hmm. and he was like, he's so tapped in with the black community. He should be able to say the N word. Mm -hmm. You heard him say that?
0: I heard about this.
1: He was, I'm like, Mm -hmm. what? So Mm -hmm. he was like, I should be able to say the N word Mm -hmm. because I'm so tapped in with the black community. Mm -hmm. And he was like, if anybody out there, if you give me permission to say the N word, hit me up. I'm like, Mm -hmm. is this dude serious? And now when I look up a lot of the big black stages, he's on the stages because a lot of people, a lot of times people think that white is Right, And their ice is colder. So it's like, how are we still doing business with dude? Do we, we just going to act like he ain't say this? And then people are justified and say, well, we're just going to get the information from it. I know mm-hmm. how to get the information mm-hmm. and, you know, not tied to the person. But you're
0: not just getting the information. You're putting money in his pocket. 100%. Right?
1: And, and, and sharing them and promoting them and mm-hmm, then sharing them with our people. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, my biggest thing with all of it really is making sure that we understand um, that we are more powerful mm-hmm. than what we think. Yep. The fact that um, the masses are trying to um, connect with us, specifically because of our dollar, and you have so many of us trying to run away. Mm-hmm. from who we are I don't think we really realize still the power no. I remember um, very early on my quote you know because I, I have a PR marketing branding company I remember some of my earlier clients would say stuff like okay you can create our website but don't put our you know faces that look like us on there they wanted faces that did not represent us mm-hmm. on their page because they thought that that made them more mainstream meanwhile all of the major corporations are trying to find ways to re- to relate to the diversity, yep. right? And I've always wondered why do we run away because we because people tend to do business with folks that they're most comfortable with, mm-hmm. most comfortable that they can relate to. So if right now you got the grants and Tonys and everybody else that are trying to get our attention, mm-hmm. you have a higher chance of getting our attention but do you find that our people are less likely to do business with you and and go to grant because he is not black
1: many times because again it's, it's it goes back to the self-hate right mm-hmm. and we don't really understand who we are so it's like so they'll say okay yeah i know marquel does this but i'm gonna go do business with this white dude because of how we view ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So it, so like for me personally, and this is my philosophy: if I want to do business or I want, I require a service. I'm looking for a black person first. Mm-hmm. I'm not just doing business with somebody because they're black. So let me be clear. Me too. I always tell people like your service has to be stellar, with excellence and stellar mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I ain't just settling and doing business because you're black. And on the other hand, there's white people who do subpar business as well. So let's just not be clear. Let's not just act like. Subpar so service is a black thing. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. business, this and a that business.
0: burns me up. I hate when I hear people say, "This is why I don't go to black restaurants." So this, why. I'm like, you done been to a gazillion restaurants, yeah. had bad service, all these other places, and now yeah. because of you got it at black restaurants, I'm not doing no more black business
1: mm-hmm. Right now, you go share this on social media, right? And all that, but when you go right. to Olive Garden, you ain't not do that. When you went to Ruth's Chris. You ain't do all that. Right, when you, right. When you went to whatever, you ain't do you all didn't that. You didn't do all
0: that, but you get. So, uh, So, what is it though, Markel, Marquel, when we start talking about, because you do lead generations, right? And you do it for high dollar amounts. Yeah. I think the biggest piece about what you do is going to have to be sociology because you have to change the mindset of your clients. Right. In order for a person to be able to stand across from somebody and say, you're going to pay me 20,000, you're going to pay me 40,000. You have to have a certain level of confidence in Mm -hmm. yourself and in your business. Yep. So do you do the folks come in you already with the confidence or is that something that you also have to work with them on?
1: Many times we gotta work with them on it because that's a big reason they don't they don't they aren't willing to charge what they what we're advising them to charge or what they could be charging. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of it comes to the program and it's like we've been told and they'll see, like you said, their white counterparts charging that, but we've been told that well, since you're black, you got to work 10 times harder sure or you have. can't do that. Or Because you're a woman, you got to work 10 times harder. So our
0: grandparents kind of messed us up when they told for us sure. That. And we don't realize that we were, we shouldn't have to work harder. No. You should be, the, the end goal is to work less yeah. and make more. 100%. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. And then we come from, because come from, I know where I'm from. It's like,
1: if somebody makes $30 an hour, it's like, they the man. It's like.
0: You got a good job.
1: You got a good job. Mm-hmm. Like you work for the city. And you make thirty dollars an hour, like one from everybody want to get a job working for the city or the post office. Or the post office, right? So I was like, no, nah, I'm good. But they were like thirty four dollars an hour. You drive a Lincoln, you all this, like you, you, you doing it. so. Now mm-hmm. you start your own business, and you like, well, if I make a hundred dollars an hour, that's good money. And it's like, well, if you do the math, it really ain't.
0: But let's back up a little bit because I was talking to my son about this. Um, Probably about a month or so ago. He has a friend that just recently was released from jail. Mm -hmm. And I think he went, um, he had obtained a felony. Mm -hmm. Did you get a felony? Yeah, I did. So with that, I was having that conversation with my son um, because he was like, mom, what is he going to do now? I was like, life is not over. He's still young. I said, first of all, this, because had you not had the felony, Mm -hmm. you may have nestled into A nine to five got real comfortable, but you had to figure it out another way because that wasn't an option. Right. And that was one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up is because some people use the excuse of, well, I can't do this because I have a felony and I can't do this because of that. You're saying even in spite of all of these things, I'm still sitting here before you today. One of the most sought after businessmen in what you do. Yeah. Right. So I always
1: tell people like, your what you see is your greatest disadvantage is actually your greatest advantage. Mm-hmm. So I saw that I dropped out of high school as a disadvantage. It's actually an advantage. Mm-hmm. The fact that I was a felon, am a felon, still working on getting that cleared up, mm-hmm. is an advantage, mm-hmm. right? If some people may say, okay, you're black, that's a disadvantage. It's actually an advantage.
0: But why would you say dropping out of high school was an advantage?
1: Uh, because I. I would say it's an advantage because that's part of my story that m- you can't duplicate that. Mm-hmm. Like you can't you can't fake that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I dropped out of high school and still was able to navigate and still end up where I am. So that's just a unique part of my story that most people can't steal. A lot of people try to steal your stuff, but it's like you can't steal that. Piece. That's just who you are. That's when you dropped
0: out though, because you you're brilliant, right? Right. Thank you. Um. So. Were you one of the straight-A students up into ninth grade and then dropped? Like, what was your grades and stuff? Because so I, I, I can't believe. Yeah, it. so
1: I had, like, A's mm-hmm. and B's all the way up to, like, middle school until uh-huh. I just, like, lost interest. You know what I'm saying? And, uh-huh. like, eighth grade, I started going off the handle a little bit. But I just was interest. I, like, so started what happened? a gang. I started So in eighth grade, I started So, like, everybody was, like, into gangs. So I, I started a gang, right? So I started a gang one time. And then we all, I said, look, we all going to wear all black on our hall you started the game yeah.
0: again <laughs> whatever you touch you leading it there so it you started the game yeah i started okay. the game
1: and then um because i was i was heavy into like west coast culture as well mm-hmm. and of course if you follow west coast down culture,
0: here in georgia talking yeah. on west coast okay yeah i'm gonna yeah. put it up yeah yeah, y'all couldn't try to do no easy e down here in georgia now and I, and y'all, I was doing easy i wasn't doing easy okay but i was like into,
1: i was into like chucks and like dickies okay, and, okay you know okay. and they okay. they're into gang culture heavy, yeah right? yeah and, and, and gangs were never meant to be Negative, actually, initially. It was a family. Right, exactly. It was like about community. Did
0: you feel like you needed that because your dad wasn't there? Probably. Did you think it would have been different if dad was there?
1: I can't say because I don't know. know what kind of daddy would have been.
0: So, no, so let me ask you this. So where was somebody, was there anybody in the community that said, okay, Marquel, this young, bright, smart kid, something is going on that's causing him to go off track? Nobody, no guidance counseling, nobody?
1: Not really. I mean, because I was always more quiet into myself as well. So mm-hmm. I was more of a thinker and a watcher and a mover like that. So I was just like watching. Like my mom was a hustler. Like mm-hmm. my granddad was a hustler. Mm-hmm. So the people who I looked up to in the hood was a hustler. So I was like, it was more so like, hey, don't be down there on the porch with them. Like they ain't doing right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, was, I like gravitated toward that type of energy. My cousins who I looked up to so dope. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's who I gravitated to. It's exposure. It was exposure. So mm-hmm. I was like, you ask a regular family member, like, hey, can I get a dollar to go to the candy lady? And they're like, they don't got no money. Mm-hmm. Like, money don't grow on trees, mm-hmm. all these different types of stuff. But I asked my cousin, they gave me a five or a 10 or a 15. On my birthday, my granddad used to give us a 50. But he was a big dope boy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and I'm watching all that, but they think we young and they don't see nothing. But I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm super observant. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. seeing what my mom You're go read up with my granddad. and mm-hmm. So I was like all around that.
0: It's song. not about what they said don't do. You were watching about, yeah. it's again, what you absorb yeah. from the environment. Yeah. I always tell people like, kids watch what you do. They don't hear what you say. What you say, right? They hear you, but it's
1: like, they watching what
0: you do. Yeah, because I always tell my son, money don't grow on trees. Get up out of here asking for some more money. Get out of here, you know? <laughs> Every time I turn around, you're asking for something. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, but, but again, watching, watching, watching the environment. Nobody ever said, this, this young man is, is brilliant and we got to do something about, or did they say, let's let him lead the family business?
1: Mm, not really. Not really. Not. So
0: nobody, were you invisible?
1: I went invisible. I think some of the biggest game that I got. So I grew up hip-hop. We talked about hip-hop yep. earlier. And so I grew up on the UGKs and the 8-Ball MJGs and all that. So mm-hmm. you always heard about you got to have the fattest sex on the block. Mm-hmm. So when I started hustling, I um, used to stuff my sacks so I had
0: so a So sa- what's the Oh, the sack is what? The
1: sack is like what your product is in. So it's like the bag that is in. Because
0: you got bre- okay, so so to
1: break it So hold on. You got
0: to break it down because, see, I'm not from georgia right, right. from va okay so i gotta break it down you so should break it down a sack is what now the Talk bag so
1: like for example so let's say i get um a, a ounce of weed i'll just use weed mm-hmm. for example so mm-hmm. now i get these little baggies so mm-hmm. depends on where you're from you probably see the little baggies mm-hmm. on the crown. Mm-hmm. so you take those baggies and then you break it down and you fill the baggies up and then you sell those individually for whatever you're selling it for okay right mm-hmm. so i used to get mines and like make them real fat because mm-hmm. that's what i heard in the music mm-hmm. that's how i was learning However, one of my homies who I used to re up with, when I used to go see him, re up mean going to get more, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. like a, I knew that one, right, right. I knew re-up. So hire, get more of it. Uh-huh. So I was going to do that, um, and one day he was like, man, because I was going just taking the same money, I was having just enough to re up, mm-hmm. and he was like, man, what's going on? So I he looked at my bags and he was like, you put in too much in here, and he was like, each bag should weigh something. So he was like, and he was like, and the bag weighs something. Like the bag weighs something by itself, right? Right. So it was like every bag, if you're selling it for ten or fifteen, it's your way it should weigh this. This should weigh this. This weigh this. So now I started bagging it up differently, and now I can see. Okay, I spend fifty, make a hundred. Spend hundred, make two hundred. Mm-hmm. I could see it based on I understood that, mm-hmm. and I had to scale and all that. So that was some of the biggest game that I got early on, mm-hmm. which helped me win in that area. And of course, like my mom used to give me game. Like when I used to get in trouble, like you know, your parents I always think you're being the follower a lot of yeah. times. Yeah, so and I, you the leader. Yeah, don't because you, you the leader. Right, she's always be like, "Don't be a follower, don't be a follower." Mm-hmm. And she always, she always used to say, "Russells are leaders. Russells are leaders. Russells are leaders." Mm-hmm. So that's still been embedded in me ever since mm-hmm. then. Of course, mm-hmm. I still tell my ki- my boys the same mm-hmm. thing. My kids the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like it was just those things that I was just picking up, you know, along the way. You know, it's
0: amazing though because uh, can you imagine where many people in your family could have been with the type of exposure that you had?
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. A
0: totally different life. Yep.
1: And the big thing is, like, even—so, like, a lot of people don't know this, that up to third grade, I only—I met my mom in, when I was in third grade, like, my biological mom. Prior to that, I actually lived with my aunt, who was, like, a crackhead, for the lack of better terms, right? Mm-hmm. So I was around that. I knew I could smell crack being burned in the house. So that was all around. And, like, mm-hmm. her husband was um in Desert Storm. So this was mm-hmm. in the Desert Storm time. And he used to send back, you know, the MREs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we used to eat MREs. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, the MREs it's called meals ready to eat. Right. So it's like it's like vacuum sealed. Right. them Out in the field. So mm-hmm. like for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it was normal for me to have MREs. So like I grew up in that environment. So you know, when you grow up in that, you at the bottom. It's like you want anything but this, and you're gonna figure out how to get out of this by any means. And necessary. you still made
0: A's and B's as a child going through that.
1: Yeah, yeah I made A's and B's. For the most part I used to get A's and B's And I used to get like Knees to control talking
0: Yeah I used to up. get that too. I yeah. think all the ones Who end up Talking. Make, yeah, yeah. I, I always look back and Miss Lawrence. Remember you told me yeah, to stop yeah. talking so and I much. And like I wouldn't
1: even like the loud, disrespectful cat. I'm mm-hmm. like in the back, just chopping it up. Yeah, I
0: you. was never a bad kid. I just like to talk. I just like to talk. I just like to, 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 to talk to the people I like to talk to. Right, because I had something to say. That's Let her. me say what I have to say. But let's let's go back though. So that's no joke though. Mm-hmm. So up into third grade, did you know that mom wasn't there? No, I thought this was my. I thought my aunt was my mom. So you thought grade. that was her. Yeah. So where was mom?
1: So my mom, my mom was young when she had me, so she was out. How old was she? She was 18, 19. Okay, okay. So she was out wilding mm-hmm. early on. Mm-hmm. I ended up having two other sisters, but she was out wilding doing her thing, and I just ended up with my aunt on my dad's side. So, yeah, I didn't meet her until third grade, and then she basically came and took me back.
0: But you know what I think is dope, though? Even though your mom, your aunt was had an addiction, mm-hmm. she still tuck you in. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like again, Russell's are leaders. Yep. For right. Sure. was she a Russell?
1: No, she wasn't a Russell. She
0: wasn't a Russell. But it's still in your blood because I'm telling you, people could have used the excuse. I, I can't take care of somebody else. I'm I'm mm-hmm. battling with this myself. Yep. But she didn't want to see you going to the foster system.
1: One
0: hundred percent. That's 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 amazing. So big ups to your aunt. Is Absolutely. she Is she still alive? <laughs> no, she's today? not alive anymore. But yeah. no, that's a that's that I think a lot of times we focus on um, the faults mm-hmm. of, but the fact that she said, I'm not letting my baby be on the street. Oh, 100%. It's a big deal. And made sure whether it was MREs or not, you ate. 100%. You ate, right? Absolutely. So you came from a family of love. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that people have to realize is that, Love looks different. Absolutely. Right. People are going to love the way that they can. Mm-hmm. And we have to um, accept that and not use that as an excuse, but understand that I was loved the best way that I could be loved. Right. Absolutely. So, so you're now married, mm-hmm. father. Yeah. Okay. So do you tell your kids about your humble beginnings? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have- how old are your kids?
1: So my youngest is two. Okay. I have a seven-year-old. I have an 8-year-old who will be 9 on the 13th of July. Mm -hmm. Um, I have an 18-year-old. So Mm -hmm. my first son, he... Just graduated high school, so 19 Oh, be that's September. a big deal, yeah. yeah. And I have a 20-year-old daughter.
0: Okay, so are they all working in your in the family business?
1: They aren't. So my oldest son, he has a clothing brand. Okay. Um, he's about to relaunch it, so he's doing his thing, but he like to figure stuff out on his own. Okay. I got my daughter. She's doing her own thing. She got her, She was going to school for dentistry. Finally, she didn't really want to do that, so mm-hmm. she got her job now. So she's kind of working her move. Okay. My 8-year-old um, son, he has a clothing brand, but, you know, he's 8, so he's still trying to figure it out. Figure like, it out. Like mm-hmm. I tell him, like, don't do the clothing brand because I want you to do it. Do it because you want to do it. Well, you want him to do it? No.
0: Nah. Oh, Okay. So because
1: he asked me one day because he was doing basketball, so I had mm-hmm. him working with a trainer. Because mm-hmm. he was like he want to go to the NBA, he want to play basketball. I'm like, well, we need to get you a trainer. Mm-hmm. So I got him a trainer. He was kind of like some days big excited, some days he want. And then one day he was kind of like he mentioned that he was kind of doing it because I want him to do it. I'm like, well, I don't want you to do it. And he was like, what do you want me to do? And I was like, I want you to figure out what you want to do, That's and I right. support you with that. But That's I, it's right. not that like I like some guy when I was growing up with well, my eighteen year old son, when he was like seven or eight, cats at the barbershop used to be like, Hey you need to make him play football? And I'm like, Well no, he didn't really wanna play football right now. Like, Oh, my son I don't care. care because a lot of us, our people in our culture we're looking for our children to be our ticket.
0: A ticket out of here, right? Yeah. Right. Like, and we need to be the ticket for them.
1: Yeah. I ain't looking for my kids to be the ticket. I'm
0: not either. I mean, uh, so I think w- the question I always ask, what do you have to leave your family? Mm-hmm. Because one thing is for sure, if you leave this earth and you're not leaving something for your family, have you really lived?
1: 100%. Right? 100%. So,
0: yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that, you know, we want to push the kids into a bunch of stuff that mm-hmm. did, that's not really healthy
1: for yep. them. I talk right? to entrepreneurs and they'd be like, oh, I'm going to build this business and I'm going to leave this business to my kids. But how like, well, do you, you, yeah. you know your kids want this business? Right, your kids right. Might not
0: want it. Your, kids, your kids might want to be a teacher. And guess what? If they don't want to do the business, you should create a business that they can liquidate, mm-hmm. take the money and be able to do what they want to do, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. But one thing is for sure, I'll tell you this though, Marquel, people need to also make sure they have trust and things of that nature Bingo. because- people will run through your money that you worked your whole life for very easily. percent, Right. Very, very easily. So look, we got to also talk about this hip hop. Okay. So I bet you it's going to be interesting to hear your top 10 because you are a Southerner. Yeah. You're from Georgia and you know, hip hop in Georgia came along way later than they did on the East coast, you know? Cause I remember when back in the day it was just East coast, West coast. And then, you know, you guys came in and kind of tuck it yeah. tuck it by storm. So let's talk about your top 10. So let's start from the bottom all the way up to you. The top is number one. Who's your top 10 hip-hop artist? Of all times? Of all, all times. Of all times, it's
1: Tupac.
0: Okay, that's your number one? Or number bottom. one. Okay, that's number one. Yeah. Let's start from the bottom. I'll start from the bottom. Let's start from the bottom. So from the bottom, I don't really have one, like, at the bottom. Okay, well, give me your top. So my top.
1: So I'll give, okay. give you my top 10 okay. off the top of my head. I like Tupac. Tupac? I like um Jada Kiss. Jada Kiss? Um uh, I like um I like um New, I like Lil Baby. Lil Baby. I like Lil Baby. I, I mean li- you think he's one of the best of all time? Um uh, I think he's dope. I think especially with this newer culture. I'm just giving you the, off the top of my head. Okay. So I like um I like Meek Mill.
0: Oh yeah, Meek is bad.
1: Yeah, I like uh I like Hov. I like Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. I was late on Jay-Z though. I wasn't on Jay-Z You're Jay the Z second coin.
0: person that came up in here, y'all. Okay.
1: I am Miss Jay-Z. I was late on Jay-Z. Z.
0: Ah, uh, what's on I, I, appre- I didn't
1: appreciate Jay-Z early on. As you know
0: of- what? That You're the second person.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't appreciate him early on. What,
0: what was Okay, I'll let you go through your list and so, we'll go back okay. to Jay.
1: So I like I like Pusha T. You from
0: Virginia. Pusha T. I like Pusha rap, T. Rap, rap, rap.
1: I was huge on the Clips. Still is. I, mm-hmm. I still the rock The Clips with. got a bad deal, yeah.
0: man. They got a bad mm-hmm. deal.
1: Mm-hmm. I like... um. Um, artistry. I like. You ever heard of si High the Prince? Si High the Prince. You gotta check him out. Like,
0: had you heard of him, Fonzie? Listen. Well, Fonzie. Yeah, I know. for I haven't heard of him. So, is he an educational rapper? Yeah. Okay. Lyric- lyrically. Lyrically. Is he there, rocking with Nas? Is he
1: lyrically? Nobody is seeing him. Lyrically. He
0: can't, so you talking about he's better than Nas or KRS-One?
1: Lyrically, 100%. Is
0: KRS-One? Are you familiar with KRS-One? Yeah, because yeah. it may be before your time. Yeah, yeah.
1: He ain't in my top 10, though.
0: KRS-One should be in everybody's no, top no, no, 10. No, 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 I don't understand that. I think, I think he's talented. He's one talented, of the baddest lyricists that ever hit I this I couldn't earth. ride around
1: listening to him, though. Nah.
0: The bridge is over?
1: Nah. I, so Nas. What is going on? I'll, I'll go with
0: Nas. Okay. I'll go
1: with Nas over. All right over KRS-One. Not saying KRS-One ain't dope.
0: KRS-One is one of the baddest that ever did That's kind of like
1: me saying Big Daddy Kane one of mine. And he's
0: not. Well, but listen, but Big Daddy, take away the commercials. This is what I think happened with Big Daddy. He became too commercial. But Big Daddy, from a lyricist perspective, because see, I'm a lyricist. I used to rap. Did you? Yes.
1: I can see that on you, though.
0: MC Glamorous 1 was my name. I can believe that. MC Glamorous 1. I can see your swag. Yeah, I I, I was a rapper, and I was one of the baddest that ever did it from where I was from, right? I actually thought I was going to be a rapper. I was going to go on tour and stuff. My mom was like, you going to go and get on to that college there, okay? So Mm -hmm. (laughs) she stopped me. But um, when I tell you that KRS 1 Is one when you listen to the lyrics, when you listen to Big Daddy Kane, the lyrics, it's just because he became too commercial. I can believe that. Like LL, LL is a dope lyricist too. Will Smith is a dope lyricist. I was just talking about that not too long ago. Will Smith is phenomenal with Mm -hmm. lyricists. With lyrics, but the problem is, I think people began looking at him more as a joke because that makes sense. That you makes know sense. of his persona. But he is dope. Yeah, he's dope. He's, he's dope. dope. He's, he's dope.
1: dope. I also like UGK. Okay. Um, Eight Ball and MJG. Okay. Did you grow up on
0: these? I I mean I I you was grew up on them, like, but I was East Coast, Virginia, so right. you know I remember hearing about all you know, but I wasn't really like jamming them in my you like car. Jada
1: Kiss? I mean, not Jada Kiss. Um, Jim Jones. I mean, yeah, Jim Jones
0: uh you
1: not really jim jones is dope Mm. he's super underrated jim jones is dope the best i used to argue this all the time the best who's your favorite new york all the time of all time biggie biggie okay cool what about so my favorite from up north when i was going everybody used to be on jay-z but Mm -hmm. i used to always tell people Jada Kiss is doper than jay-z
0: doper than jay-z yeah but you, but you know what? I'm surprised that you would say that because Jay Z is such a brilliant businessman. I would have thought you would have connected with him on a business so, side.
1: So just lyrically, lyrically, Jada talks that talk. Where I was come, where I come from,
0: right, like right. I
1: could tell Jada used to be out there moving around. So
0: you know he wasn't faking it, like your boy. Okay, I love him though. But Rick Ross wasn't really in the streets, was he? He was a parole officer. So, or what?
1: So, so I read his memoir. Okay, and he was basically like a, a season of his life. He was a parola. He was a, um, a CO. Mm-hmm. And it was strategic. But mm-hmm. prior to that, leading up to it, he was in the streets. I don't know, but that's just what he said. In the but I line. love
0: me some Rick. So let me make sure to clarify. Rick Ross, now you put some Rick on and I'm going crazy. Rick is dope. I'm going crazy. But I noticed something. You didn't give none of the none of the women any props. You mean tell me there's not a woman out Got here? So I'm, that's, I'm not done
1: yet. So okay. my, my favorite of all time group is um, Outkast. Okay. So, Outkast, Goody Mob. Okay. Right. Um, so, so, you I, are
0: true Atlanta.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Outkast, yeah. Goody Mob, ladies. My favorite ladies is um, the one that comes to my mind is is Mia X. You familiar with Mia, Mia mm, X? Familiar with Mia so, X. So I grew up on Master P. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Master P. Yeah. 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 So in my top
0: ten, I think Master P is a brilliant businessman, lyricist. Mm-hmm. Nah.
1: No, no, not lyricist, but he's a brilliant businessman. Businessman,
0: and he knew what would sell. Yeah. He knew what would be catchy, what yeah. sold in the clubs, and would get people to, but lyrics,
1: Yeah, uh, So it's kind of like, no disrespect, ladies, for watching. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, in my top ten, I can't think you of. You can't
0: think of. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me you don't think Nicki is cold?
1: Minaj, mm-hmm. I think Nicki Minaj is cold, but I'm not gonna be running around listening to Nicki Minaj. What? No,
0: I'll put Nicki in my playlist and go crazy. I can't. You
1: can't. I couldn't be out and be reciting Nicki's lyrics. Yeah, I couldn't be out reciting a Nicki. That's bar. true
0: because I would wonder if you rolled up. On, if you rolled up and I heard you blasting Nicki, I'm gonna look. And like... I
1: turn Nick and I pull up and I let my window down and I listen <laughs> to Nicki. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna be looking at you. I'm like, my quell. Okay, or, let, or, let's have a conversation.
1: Yeah, or Cardi B. Like, okay, so but the difference, but
0: I think this though, Cardi. I love Cardi, but I'm I'm a lyricist, mm-hmm. so I'm really big on writing your own rhymes. And I know today in today's market, it's like it doesn't matter who writes it; it's about what it sells and stuff. Sell. But to me, unless you were pen to paper,
1: I agree. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. And let me say this, though. One thing I that bothers me, I should say, mm-hmm. about women hip-hop mm-hmm. is it's only one type of women hip-hop that sells.
0: It's all about the stripper movement, right? That's it. Right. And, and, and when it. Jermaine Dupri tried to speak out on it, everybody was mad about it. But I thought it needed to be said because yes. right now it's all about... You know, devaluing yourself as a mm-hmm. woman in order to get the spin—that's the only thing you
1: hear. The mix, and again, this ain't no disrespect to the ladies. I get it, it's a business right, play, but right? It's, but, but it's like if you think about the top women artists, it's like that's all you hear.
0: It's just—it's really disappointing.
1: It's very disappointing. Yeah. It's, However, it's what we—it's our fault too because we entertain it. Yeah. So it's our fault too. At this yeah, time.
0: it is our fault because we—we we just want to hear something fun yep. and. I, yeah. I heard
1: 21 Savage say it one time. 21 Savage was basically like, who's another brilliant business guy who mm-hmm. a lot of people sleep on. Mm-hmm. He was basically, he like he was like, um, I think I heard Future say it also. He was like, man, we don't even drink lean and be high like that all the time. He was like, that's just what they want to listen to. So that's what we give to them. Meanwhile,
0: the kids on the street dying off of fentanyl. That's
1: our fault. Yes. We entertain it. We Dying. Because mm-hmm. I, I even tell my kids, it's like, I don't have an issue with listening to the trap music, but you got to listen to it. For entertainment.
0: And not really listen to it and let it absorb in your yeah, body, right? it's entertainment. Right?
1: Like, I listen to music. Like, when I hit the gym, I'm working out, I'm riding. I like, I like to turn on the vibe, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But it's like, I can separate the two.
0: Yeah, and I and I wonder, you know, many times when I think about our community, um, I don't even wonder, I already know, you know, how the music could be damaging mm-hmm. the kids, right? To think that that's the way um, they have to live.
1: For sure, for sure. Especially if we're not having a conversation about it. Somebody else who's dope is Lecrae. You listen to Lecrae?
0: I do, but I I wouldn't put... So I'm surprised you... you, you King of the South. You from... Tip? Yeah. Tip is... Tip is. How like... you didn't say Tip? You from I, cause I, cause down got, here. I'm a hip-hop
1: guy. So when you put me on it like, hey, who's my top 10? So Tip
0: is not it's... really a lyricist to you? Oh, Tip is
1: for sure. He's okay. Tip is in my top 10. Okay. For sure. Lyrics... I've been on Tip since... The P.S.C. mixtapes. Okay. Like before any, so I when he came out with I'm Serious, that was his first one, and then he got out of that deal, and then he went back straight independent. So they did the mixtapes, the P.S.C. 1, 2, and 3. Like, yeah, for sure. You know
0: what I like about it, too? um Fonz had put me on. His son is dope.
1: Damani? Yeah, he's super dope. Is that dope. his
0: name, Fonz? Yeah, I heard him rapping the other day on um a, a award show on Fox Soul. I said, who is this cat? Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's Tip's son. Yeah. I was like, this guy, and I like the fact that I was like, "Who is this cat?" Before I knew it was Tip's son. Yep. It's gonna be a only thing
1: is it's gonna be a uphill battle for him because his content is different. Like he really yeah, talking yeah
0: he about something. he is but awake.
1: As, but as he's dealing, but what's cool about him is he gonna, he's gonna build a really dope community like J Cole. Yeah. So so but it's but it ain't like you ain't going to hear it in the club or, but but he really like like, common and stuff like that. But you know what I
0: think is dope about him is the authenticity of it because he didn't have to grow up in a trap house Mm -hmm. and he talked about it. Right. He didn't have to do that. And so he shouldn't talk about something that he didn't have to do. So I think that's dope for him. Right. But I do, it, it is bothering me that, our women are not finding its place outside of the strip club mm-hmm. and in the rap world. We got to really talk about changing that a little bit, right? Sure. Um, because the thing is, let me ask you this, you know, one of the things I've always talked about is passing the throne respectfully. I think that the way that Nikki and little Kim handled things and how, Um, Nikki handled things with Cardi. It just looks like we don't, as women, know how to handle and pass the throne. Whereas with the men, I see the support, right? When Meek, he was trying to get out of prison, there was... Jay, even though now I see it's some drama. Did you see that? I saw like a headline or something.
1: I didn't really read into it though.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit. So I saw that what the headline was saying was that. He Rock Nation. Right, because he said that he wasn't really getting his money from the management deal. Sound a lot like a little bit like the way Tupac was feeling towards the end with Suge. Because yeah. remember, Suge got him out. If I don't hear Meek speak on it, I well, Meek believe- was the one who actually made the statement. I didn't hear did it, but hear he made. It, I didn't, You see what yeah, I'm saying? So right. that's, that's the
1: tricky thing about the internet. Right. Every, right. The internet is about clickbait.
0: That's true. Because like, because,
1: because, because Meek also got a bigger play. He do with Jay Z with the reform. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can imagine if he ain't getting his bag in one deal, that affects the other play that they're doing. Or the something reform. else. So it's like if Meek ain't saying it, did somebody get a soundbite and then just turn this into something, some blogger or something? Because they want to get more clicks or is this like something Is it real? really?
0: Well, you know, another thing I love about what hip hop has matured into is that I see so many people really making a business out of this, right? They get their money, they get their bag from the actual music, but then they've like, you know, um, Nas, he was one of the top investors in the ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, technology was off the chain to see what Master P took his money and did, to see what Jay... millionaire, air. millionaire. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just amazing. And it's, it makes you proud when you can see that. And, you know, Jay, a lot of people gave Jay a lot of crap for this. But I just say you guys don't understand what power means when he's able to sit at the table with the NFL um, lead, Leaders yep. And say This is what I want mm-hmm. If you don't give me this This is You That's You have to have that To have power Because most
1: people Are playing checkers They don't understand They chess. don't
0: understand The chess No 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 Even Diddy One of the biggest things I have uh, a big pet peeve on Is that people Don't understand The difference between Business and friendship right. You know When people always say Well Diddy He did this to his artist And he did that And you know This person died And they died destitute." of Is it Diddy's responsibility to take care of this person for the rest of their life? Or is it his responsibility to give you an opportunity? You need to get the attorney to make sure your contracts are in state. Mm -hmm. And when you get your money, you need to have a financial advisor. So when does when is it no longer Diddy's fault?
1: People don't take responsibility. Never do. People still, like, we got grown folks who still blaming their mom for not being around.
0: Or their great granddad. Or their great granddad. Yeah. It's like,
1: when do you, we got to take personal responsibility? Right. And until we do that, it's like, as a culture, it's like, until we do that, it's like, we we blaming the president. Like, gas prices up and all oh, this, This is the president's fault. It's like.
0: It's it, everybody's fault, it's right? It's everybody's
1: fault. And if gas, if now on another note, it's like, if gas is affecting you like that, that's your fault. Your fault. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And not in no, like, elitist type of way, but it's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, if gas is affecting me, what can I do? Complaining on social media ain't going to make the gas Mm-mm, prices go down.
0: Anything on social... You know, people kill me when they call themselves doing protests on social media. Yeah. It's a it's a big waste. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think for us, the accountability mm-hmm. is what... And I and that's one of the words that I think I've, I would say this podcast has um, left me with, mm-hmm. is accountability and ownership. You never... Since you sat here, you didn't have a sad song. Mm-hmm. You didn't blame anybody. And you talked about the situation in which you came in with pride and respect and homage yeah. for those who came before you. And I think that's what we need to get out of this is that regardless of what your upbringing was like, that was the foundation for the success that's coming. Right. For sure. So what can we expect? What's next for you?
1: we just growing. Like, we're just growing. We're growing, helping a lot of people create a lot of success stories. Um, to date, we've helped our clients do over a billion dollars in revenue. Billion? A billion.
0: A bi- so how are you measuring that?
1: So we, the biggest thing we, like, publicly nobody ever see. we never talk about, like, how much money we made, the cars we drive, none of the type of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not really, excites me. Mm-hmm. What excites me is, like, when our clients... Report their numbers to us because mm-hmm. we give away big checks and awards and all that. So that's kind of how we measure because we're looking at our client success story. And it's more than that, but we can't measure because a lot of our clients we don't hear from. Right.
0: So is it like an organization that a one would join? Like, do you have conferences or something? When you said big checks and stuff? Because yeah, yeah. when you say big checks, my eyes blew up. Yeah. So we have a so client called. So bit. we <laughs> have. So our,
1: our company is called Client Attraction University. Okay. Right. And um, we typically when so we do an event twice a year for our clients, and that okay. is this event. Of course, we teach and train. However, we also celebrate our clients. So, based on how much money they make since working with us, we give them these big old checks. Right. So, do they have
0: to come to you already with the product or service, or does your business help them determine what their product and service is? How, how does that work? So,
1: we mainly work with like expert businesses, so like people who make money from their knowledge and expertise, or they want to. So, maybe they're already a coach or a consultant or a service mm-hmm. provider, and they want to attract more clients. We help them with that. Or maybe they are author or a speaker. Now they want to create a more leveraged offer to attract people to them. So we help them create that. Or maybe they let's let's say for example they transition from corporate America. They're really good. They can help people excel in their career, and they want to create something online so they can attract people to them. So we help them with that piece. As long as they have the expertise, we can help them package their expertise. So they can't
0: come to you with nothing, Sam, because you know I get people sometimes to come to me, Mark, phone. and, and they like make me a star. I'm like, what is it that you do? Though? Yeah, exactly. So you got to have some. You got to have some expertise. You got to have some expertise. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, your price points are not cheap either. So no. when people call that line, don't call. They're talking about um, my cousin is yeah, no, no, we ain't
1: cheap, <laughs> we ain't cheap. Right, right. But
0: you going you gotta pay. You gotta yeah, invest sure. in yourself. And so, do you also help them do it, or do you just show them what to do?
1: So we do it with them. Okay. So we do it with them. We so we like we walk in. We're like, hey, we partner with our clients. So it's mm-hmm. like, hey, this what we doing. Here's how we do it. Do this. Do this. Do this. And if they got a team, of course we got them with their team and so forth. So we like more partnership and then showing them how to do it step by step.
0: Okay. Okay. That's amazing. That's amazing. So Marquel, I really want to say thank you so much for coming out My today. Um, I know that you're very busy and that, that fact that you took the time out to come and spend some time with us on our first season of Chronology and also being so open, transparent and authentic. I think your story is going to help a whole lot of people that's out there trying to figure it out and thinks that it's over for them. Mm -hmm. It's so far from being over for them. Absolutely. Um, But thanks a lot. And I want to say, tune in to us next time, next, what, in the next two weeks, Fonzie, as we bring the next edition of Chronology. See you guys next time. the coinology, the podcast.